Why is DeMarcus Cousins OKC trending on Reddit? Oh, God. That's the beginning of this podcast. Let's do this. Like, go down that rabbit hole. Welcome to the OKC82 <laughs> podcast. Chisholm Hall and Brady Trantham, your Monday edition of everything going on with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Tons and tons of news. <laughs> yeah, so much. Breaking news. We're going down a Reddit hole. Uh, yeah, not a whole lot happening uh, with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, we did have Sam Presti have an emergency impromptu press conference last week that we still could hash out a little bit. Uh, obviously, Russell Westbrook, the star, the future son of Oklahoma City, uh, now on a different roster, as well as a few other things here and there. But uh, Brady and I are here for you, uh, still pumping out content, even when it's a little bit of a struggle. But we'll do all that more here on the OKC82 podcast. But Brady, man, how have you been? Oh, good. Just uh, enjoyed the post, uh, I don't know what to call it, the post whatever of Sam Presti's press conference because, um, like you said, it was emergency. It did ruin a few of my plans, but hey, it was it was Thunder stuff, so always fun to go talk to Samuel Presti Esquire. Is his uh, name Samuel? I don't know. I'm looking up his Sam, name. Um, this might be the best content we have on the podcast. You know, um, I wonder here, really quick, I, I don't, I'm assuming this wasn't him. But uh, right before I came into your house, I was leaving the uh, sta- or studio, the, the franchise station. It's off of uh, Britain Road and Broadway Extension. And I'm at, I'm trying to go over that bridge to go south on Broadway. And r- I'm stuck at this stoplight. And then there's this black SUV right in front of me. And it has an OKC Thunder license plate. And it, the license plate said NBA in OKC. And um, the light turned green. And whoever was driving that car in front of me uh, was probably on their phone because they didn't go. And I gave it a few seconds and they were still there. So I had to honk and like, hey, go. And um, then they finally went. I just wanted to believe that that was Sam Presti. I just wanted to believe that I honked at Sam Presti and said, come on, move. Maybe he's on the phone trying to make a trade happen. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he was talking to like will a you high please, school coach, will a you freshman. Please give us a rookie. Please, yeah, do anything. Uh, his legal name is Sam Presti, no Samuel. Oh my, yeah. What's his middle name? That uh, undisclosed. Shockingly, there's not a ton of information about Sam Presti on the internet. Does he not have a middle name? He might not. <laughs> I have some friends who don't have middle names, which I always found super weird. But. Well, I mean, middle names are kind of like what purpose do they have? Like in American culture, in Western civilization culture. Generally, it's like a family name. Like your name, like your middle name is like your grandpa's name. or your Yeah. Name. Like my middle name's Austin, and I hate the is University that, of Texas. Really, is that well, my, is like an uncle named Austin or a great uncle named Austin? My grandpa, my dad's dad. My grandpa is named Brady Andrew Trantham. Uh, he passed away when my dad was nine years old. Um, my dad is named Brad Anthony Trantham. B A B A B A T B A T. So I'm Batman. So I've got to take them. Uh, just, just everybody that's listening to this, don't tell anybody. No 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 no. Yeah. Is that the 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 chicken thing? The chicken dance. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. Sorry, I was trying to do the the Batman. The Batman. The Batman theme song. Yeah, um, yeah family names, generally with middle names. But Sam Presti, he very easily could have a middle name. He was born on in 1976 in Concord, Massachusetts. That's where the uh, revolution began, Lexington and Concord. Yeah, I found out you're a history major recently. Yeah, don't shoot until you see the whites of their eyes, Chisholm. You corrected me on Roman... Well, I mean, bless your heart. It wasn't. I wasn't trying to be that I guy. I was kind of right. No, you weren't at all. You weren't right at all. I was halfway right. No, the, 
the reason why I say that you're but no, but you are that guy who. Hey, by so, the way, so, I don't I don't mean to be that guy. <laughs> But technically, Chisholm, I'm a history major. I was a history major. We don't get to use our degrees that much unless you actually want to be like a historian or a professor or a teacher. He was the first emperor of the Eastern Roman Empire. Okay, but what did you say? Inform the listener right now. What did you say? I said he was the first emperor of Rome. That's incorrect. Right. Because who, I, who was the first emperor of Rome? Julius Caesar. Okay, see how that's that's like fifth graders know that. Now I feel like you're insulting my intelligence. No, I, I, I'm just saying you weren't halfway right because it was it was wrong in such a way that it was such common knowledge. This is what's like hanging out with Brady. No, come on now, come on now. You're a blast. I'm sorry. Look, I'm a nerd. No one cares about me. Just let me feel like I'm smart for a but second. But just because I didn't say the Eastern Roman Empire. That's what I'm saying. If I just would have put the word Eastern now, in if, my sentence, I would have been correct. If you can take your ass back to, you so know... two out of three words I nailed. If you could take your ass back to the early uh, centuries of, um, you know, A.D., uh, and you ask Constantine, what are you the emperor of? He would have said Rome. They considered themselves Romans. It's only after the fact we're, that we consider... No what we're talking about. It's only after the fact that we um, called the Eastern Roman Empire Byzantium. They didn't call themselves Byzantine, so that's just, you know, for everybody else's... Um, uh, I guess educational pleasure. You're welcome. <laughs> no one knows anything. What the hell See, this is what that? happens when you cover the NBA in August. Don't blame us. July. July 29th. Oh my God. Correct me about the Eastern Roman Empire. I'm going to correct you about what day it is. Oh my God. Sam Presti <laughs> had a press conference. In that, he did say that Paul George is. I should have asked him about the American Revolution. You should have. Paul George's <laughs> quotes about it being a mutual decision to move on, that their time had come. Misleading. Not not the words that Presti said he would have picked if he was given the opportunity to describe the situation. And then, I mean, shout out to Sam Presti. If I'm going to be like a little smart ass here, um, he said, I think his exact quote was, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that wording because that would infer that we were trying to trade Paul George. I think he was. I think he meant to say imply, right? Sure. Yeah, I'm like. He also I'm, said that like there's only one NBA player still on the same roster from 2012, which just isn't true. Oh yeah, nine guys. Well, I mean, he he doesn't have his phone in his hand when he's talking to us. I mean, he was. So wait, because I didn't say Eastern Roman, I get railed on. But Sam Presti I, getting an NBA fact wrong, you're gonna give him the great. This is the media bias I'm talking about. I texted you. It was a private conversation that you chose to make public. I could have been a dickhead and tweeted Sam you. Sam Presti gets all the passes, but I can't get any. Presti says, though, the, the, the parting was not mutual. Basically saying, uh, if we were going to pick a way to reset this franchise, that was not it. It was not trading Paul George. We would have liked to maybe trade Steven Adams. We would have liked to maybe make other moves. But Russell Westbrook, Paul George, we would have liked to keep both of them here. Well, look, it brings up this question. You've kind of talked about it. Other people in the market have talked about this. And it's going to be something that we're never going to know factually. Because if we continue to ask Sam about it, he would say one thing. If people continue to ask Paul George about it, kind of like the media asking Kevin Durant questions about Oklahoma City for two three years going on now like what why did you want to leave russell westbrook again um we're never going to get the answer to the answer to this question but it is interesting when paul george signed that extension last offseason was it truly under the um under the uh i guess the understanding that 
the first year is a wait and see type deal. And if I don't like what happens, then I want to go to LA. Um, whether that's the Lakers or the Clippers, I mean, who knows with Paul George, um, was that true? And I mean, I I don't know that much in insight. I don't, I'm not that, I, I, I don't know. Everybody knows pretty much everything that's out there. So I'm not trying to I'm not trying to pretend like I'm bringing something new to the table, but I'm just going to say I think that that's utter bullshit. I think that, Rachel Nichols story. I th- I think that's utter bullshit because where's that story coming from? Paul George. Yeah, absolutely. And in just three weeks. But why why do we assume that Paul George is the one who's just empathetically lying here, as opposed to maybe the because other you, person you, not wanting that story out. Well, because you've got to ask yourself, why is Paul sharing that information? It's because he's trying to get a story out. He's trying to get. He's trying it to f- make it false. It, yeah, it absolutely makes him look better, but that doesn't mean it's false. Well, that's what I'm it saying. Makes is the thunder I, look worse? I'm saying. I, well, that's I, like just because he's saying something doesn't mean I have to take it as the canon gospel. Sure. And I'm I am choosing to say that I, I think that that's wrong. I think he's just saying that because it helps out this idea of oh Kawhi didn't actually influence me to uh, force a trade at all because right now the NBA doesn't like that anymore. But two year two or three years ago when the NBA didn't care publicly that Draymond Green would call Kevin Durant and get him to um, or influence him to come to the Warriors when he was still technically a member of the Oklahoma City Thunder. No one cared about that. That's why all those stories are canonical. But we were told something when the Paul George trade went down to the effect of Kawhi Leonard influenced this decision. And then after the NBA made a public stink about it, that's when Paul George said, oh, well, the whole thing was wait and see. It's a mutual decision between me and the front office. And no, from The Athletic, Kawhi Leonard did not want this to happen like he did not force paul george or influence him in any way to force a trade so i'm sorry i i I just they can say whatever they want and just like i can say whatever i want and you can disagree with me or the listeners can say that i'm a buffoon like i just don't agree with it i think it's just a story and i just don't believe it yeah i don't know i Sure. I, I just don't know how you how on some level on during last summer when that when Paul George is trying to find a new contract. I think of course Oklahoma City was willing to bend over backwards and say whatever they needed to to try to get him to stay. And if Sam Presti had to go to those meetings and say, Hey, up the road if it doesn't look like it's gonna work, if we need to find a way to get you somewhere that you wanna be, we'll be happy to accommodate that, but give us another opportunity. Like that conversation makes sense. That's not like out of out of the realm of possibility. No, it's not. So but Paul George telling that story that's going to make him look better doesn't mean it's not true. Sam Presti ignoring that story and acting like that's not true because it makes the Thunder look like they were always had half a foot out the door. Like they're always willing. You don't want to have that kind of a look as a franchise that that you're giving players outs when they don't necessarily don't need them. Yeah. Um. But I, I'm not saying it's a hundred percent true, but. People who just are outright dismissing it. No, think, think about think you're missing something. Think man. about what you just said. Like there is a difference between the first year after you sign this contract is complete and utter wait and see. You didn't say that. What you said was down the road if it doesn't work out, which is which makes sense with what Presty said. Like yeah, we talked. Um, I talked with um, Russell Westbrook. I talked with Paul George. They did. You can't, ha- see, you can't see Sam Presty being in that free agency meeting and go, hey, look, this time next summer. 
we're not going to be out in the first round. It's Presley saying that we're not going to be out in the first round again. We're going to look like a better team. We're going to be more competitive. But if things still aren't going our way, we can reassess. I, I just, I don't know because they... That's my point. We had to but spend, you can't rule that out. I'm not ruling it out. I'm just saying I don't... I you're, don't being a little, you're, you're ruling it out. I'm not really like it's there and it's going to be the the widely agreed upon story that I have to like fight an uphill battle about when I'm directly asked about it like I'm just gonna have to ignore it but um with this like we had to sit there for what a month or two of the off season and talk ourselves into yeah the thunder on paper are going to be a good team and yeah for three-fourths of the year they were good last year because Sam Presti was so adamant about how I thought we were good, and I'm really excited about the team moving forward. He even said it again, that he was excited about um, running it back with Paul George and Russell Westbrook and Steven Adams and, and company. Sure. It it just makes no sense to me. I, I don't see how a front office can can even operate that way where, yeah, we'll sign, sign, sign with us long-term, quote-unquote, um, and if after one year where you were hurt and the second you got hurt we dropped off we'll go ahead and trade you like you can't do that especially with how presty is um damage controlling this situation so hard by writing that op-ed in the oklahoma and about basically advertising to the fans like please keep coming to our games it's going to be kind of a bad re like it's going to be bad for a second but we're going to get back to where we want to be like it just doesn't make sense. How can you tell? How can you say, like, we'll trade you after one year if we don't win a championship, and then turn around and tell your fans like, please keep coming. Like it doesn't make sense to me. Because you're fighting an uphill battle as a small market. You you know you're going to have to concede some things. And I'm sure if you ask Sam Presti this summer, did it go how you were anticipating? And I don't mean the Paul George trade. I mean leading up to that. Mm-hmm. Were your big additions going to be Mike Muscala and Alec Burks? I mean, it moves the needle. <laughs> I would assume not. And so, I, I just it just blows my mind that you just can't see that being a possibility. The fact that Paul George, that them having a conversation of some kind of like, hey, look, you stick around here. We know we're not your first choice as far as the city goes. Maybe as a franchise, but not as a city. We know this is where you want to live long term. If things change for you, we'll try to accommodate that the best way we can. Which I'm sure every team on some level says when they're signing a guy to a long-term contract. Then you go through this summer... You're Paul, you're Paul George or Russell Westbrook. You know, even if he was healthy, Brady, you and I can both be honest with each other. They say even if Paul George was healthy, they're not making a finals run. No, I don't think it's they. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. Um, it's gonna be something if they made it to the Western Conference Finals over Denver. And I'm not even positive that was gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I agree with that. I, okay. I, I did not think so. You you know, if you're Paul George and Russell Westbrook, you're a little ways away, my friend. Hmm? You're not there. You're not on the cusp. You need some moves. And then you go through. The summer, you go through the draft process when all of these trades and all these things that people are alluding to might happen for the Thunder. All these people might get moved. None of it happens. And then two days go by, three days go by of NBA free agency, and you're bringing in Mike Muscal and Alec Burks, and that seems to be your summer. <laughs> and so now you're Paul George. They're going to get, get Brad Beal. Yeah, well, <laughs> so now you're Paul George and go, my guy, I know we're not close enough. This doesn't help. You said if I wasn't happy with the situation, we could reassess. Let's reassess. This mm-hmm. isn't going to work. We're not going to get there like this. Well, okay, so two things, and one of them we haven't really talked about, so I'll say this first. One, Paul George's personality. I think that pl- 
plays a huge role why he why he ultimately resigned in Oklahoma City. Like he is just such an agreeable person, and it's not a bad personality trait. It's it's a good thing to want to not be thought of as a complete and utter dickhead by everybody you interact with. And with as intense as Russell Westbrook is, and I think it's well documented that he's actually a good teammate. Like, because every time players play for the Thunder, they have nothing but great things to say about Russell Westbrook. I think it's really easy to safely assume that after a year of playing with Russell Westbrook and having the red carpet rolled out for him, that Paul George probably thought, I do want to play here. Like, yeah, like, yeah, I want to be Russell Westbrook's teammate. Like, yes. And, you know, maybe that wasn't his 100% truthful feeling, which if that's the case, then that's, that's on him. The other thing is that we keep, kind of dodging here is all that's true and they could have been disappointed and i would hope to god that they were disappointed because they were embarrassed if you're if you're a player though this summer you i don't think you're disappointed with the summer i think you're just outright mad wait we're a title championship team we're trying to win a title we're bringing mike muscall alec burks and an intern well yeah but again this falls back on them and the thing about why i always have to keep up um keep bringing back up uh paul george was hurt was uh, yeah, I don't think it. I don't think it puts them into the Western Conference Finals conversation any more than they were beforehand. But I think it lessens the the probability that they are absolutely embarrassed. And who knows? Maybe a seven game series of Portland that they lose, or maybe they get out of the first round, beat Portland, and then lose in the second round. Maybe they're not as quick and emotional to say the second somebody calls them, come out here and play with me. Maybe he's less likely to be like, no, 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 I like, I like where we're going here. You see what I'm saying? Because Paul could have been upset with things. He was. Russell was too, and Sam said, yeah, we talked about it, and I thought we were good. And then all of a sudden that changed. What changed? Kawhi slid in his DMs. But they're not going to say that because the NBA doesn't like that anymore. And that's that's my whole problem with this whole situation is people are just covering their covering their bases now and i'm trying to see like what we all understand Kawhi leonard slid into paul george's dms was just fine like sam Presti said six times in that press conference there's nothing no rules in place that prevents players from doing it and that's what happened sure i don't I, think i don't think anybody is disagreeing with that part of the story well no no because no, that that because that's it, the part we're arguing about no, no. I agree are. with you. The, the The turning point was when Kawhi called or texted or whatever PG. That's when that's when PG changed his mind. That's when the decision was made. You know what? I probably I, let's find a different way. Yeah, but that doesn't fall in line with okay, one year. You know, wait and see because up until that point, that Kawhi Leonard talked to him. All I'm saying is, last summer, you're tell, you, There's just no way you can convince me that's not possible. That they sat and said, "Hey, sign this three year deal because sign this three year deal plus one because that's going to get you to a ten year vet." And then you can sign for the maximum money that you're ever going to make in your whole life. So you're going to want to sign a three-year deal no matter where you go. Or you're going to be signing ones and ones and ones. And you've had injury history. It's probably not a great idea. Note the two shoulders this year. You're looking for a three-year deal wherever you go. Sign a three-year deal with us. And next summer, if you're really unhappy or whatever, we can reassess. We can look at it again. Just because you signed a three-year contract doesn't mean you're going to have to play here all three years. We'll try to do whatever we can because we're Oklahoma City, and we know that we're playing behind the eight ball here a little bit. We're <laughs> going to have to give a little bit more than everyone else. They're, they're, we're about to have a big park out here. No? Yeah, the Civic Center <laughs> you isn't exactly You, you remember the, um, the documentary? I just don't know why that doesn't sound possible. No, it, it's, it, I'm not saying that it's completely and utterly impossible. I'm just saying that I think that that is... 
I don't think that that was a deciding factor at all. What influenced him to sign with Oklahoma City to extend with Oklahoma City, and I think I that this whole hindsight thing is just Paul George's way and the Clippers' way and Kawhi Leonard's way of trying to deflect blame from the player to player tampering angle. Like, yeah, man. Uh, maybe that's, it's that's little... shifting a lot of. That's not, it's not even that it's blame. That's just that just sounds like you're. I don't know. It sounds like you're giving a pass a lot to, to Sam Presti. I mean, just just to the situation. It's that you're making it sound like this was all because of Paul George. When I think on some level, it is. It's it's this. The players run this league. A part of it. A part of it though. Exactly. A part of it is the situation. The fact that it's possible that Sam Presti <clears> knew <throat> that if he sat there and had a hard stance of Nah, man. If you want to get traded in a year, we're not going to do that. What if that was? What if Paul George came into the room last July and said, "I'll sign a three-year contract, but if I want out, I get out." Is Sam Presti not going to accommodate that? I just don't know why then Sam Presti would then pivot after the fact and basically what we kind of joked about on the last is podcast that the, is that the look you want coming out. Well, that's that's the thing is that you're bending over backwards that way. That doesn't exactly give a strong. Are are the Thunder the type of franchise that have been? A, they've been a little passive aggressive in the past with former players. Like they gave um, thirty five to PJ Dozier. Sure. They, they didn't give thirteen to Deion Waiters. Complete and total, absolute little nine year old girl pushovers with their own superstars. So why that wouldn't happen again with Paul George? I just because Paul doesn't have the same personality as the superstar that you're referring to. I'm referring to Russell Westbrook. I'm referring to Kevin Durant. Like they those they've been over backwards for their guys. No, okay. In the uh, spirit of moving on, because I'm sure fans or, or listeners are like, well, we spent ten minutes uh, talking yeah, ten, about Constantine. Like what? I, <laughs> so I promise um, this is better than that. Basically, what well, my whole point of this stance that I have is: look, if we're gonna sit here and praise the players for controlling their destinies and controlling the league, which we should, because they are why people pay attention to the NBA. People don't really pay attention to go watch Shane Battier defend on the perimeter. People pay to pay attention because of LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, etc. Okay, if we're going to sit here and praise them for that, we also need to call them out on their BS. And that's that's me trying to call them out here on their BS. Because we apparently a lot of people give Kevin Durant a pass for him being inconsistent with his reasonings, for him being somewhat soft in his dealings with the media because player empowerment and we got to think about, you know, these guys' emotions and which we do. If you don't, then you're a monster. Um, I certainly think about it, but call it out, like call it how you see it. And I think it was, it's just what it is. Now I'm not giving the thunder a pass at all because they sucked last year. They absolutely embarrassed themselves and they put themselves in a situation where this could happen. And yeah, you want to talk about Constantine some more? No. <laughs> no. I think you're missing it. I think you're missing it, but I'll move on. Uh, all right. Darius Baisley was talked about in the San Presti press conference. Hadn't talked about him a whole lot because uh, he wasn't allowed to. So now we know that he thinks he's long, he's tall, athletic, and he can handle the ball, which is a unique skill set for his size. It is? That's what he said. Not anymore. Darius Baisley uh, starting over under eight and a half games this year. Oh, I, I would say under. Under? I would say under because this really depends upon like how I think the season is going to go, which if you put a gun to my head, um, Chris Paul is not traded 
until December at the earliest, and he could very well stay the entire year. Yeah. Um, I, I think, think Chris Paul's there the whole year after the press conference. It'll yeah. seem more inevitable now. Yeah, and especially after the op-ed. Um, Gallinari, I think he's probably dealt at the trade deadline. Sure. So that puts the Thunder in at least half the season where they could win quite a few games, especially if their schedule is, is kind of similar to what it was last season where they played Phoenix three or four times. They played some. They played a lot of bad teams at the beginning of their schedule. So if their schedule isn't front-loaded, they have, the, they have an opportunity to be around 500 which then catapults them into a situation where the other half of the season if they still have chris paul and they're not tanking hardcore they can win you know in the mid 30s you know i think that's not out of the realm of possibility but again the original point of this question is darius basley how many times does he start if that's the situation that the thunder in darius basley does not start in that scenario a lot yeah he might start because of some injuries which in which case we're, we can't forecast that, but with what the Thunder want to do, they want to be competitive. They want to they want to develop their young talent. That doesn't include Darius Baisley um, starting. He's not there yet. Yeah, um, I think it does depend on if they're in playoff contention or not. If they're eliminated from the playoffs, like mathematically not going to make it no matter what happens with like twelve games left, I think we're going to see a lot of Darius Baisley and a lot of Hamidou Diallo. I think those guys are going to be uh, bringing us home the last eight or ten <laughs> games of the year uh, in true fashion. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. It'll be fun to watch. Because once you get There's going to be a lot of stuff going on on the floor. Right. Because <laughs> you're, once you're mathematically eliminated, and I don't think the Thunder are going to be one of those teams that get eliminated in early March, late February. Because, mm-hmm. you know, that's like the Phoenix Suns every year. I don't think it's going to be like, or the Cleveland Cavaliers this year. I don't think it's going to be got that two, bad. Two point guards, Chisholm. But I think the last couple weeks... I think they might their season might be officially over at that point. If you're Chris Paul, my you, guy, you probably don't want to be trotting out there the last twelve games and end up with an accidental paper hamstring injury. Mm. So then all of a sudden it starts making sense for the younger guys to get a little bit more. See, and I do I agree with you. I do think Gallo's gone before the deadline. Yeah, I mean, it's so hard to like really pin down this team and like I don't even know like once we get to media day, I don't even know if we're going to have a better, clearer picture. Of how we can say, well, we know, starting lineup. 35 wins is okay. 34, 33 wins. Because so much is at play here. Like, how many how many games does Chris Paul want to play? How many minutes does he want to play in these games? Um, what happens what, if a team who what, what, what thinks they're a title contender has an injury at center? And all of a sudden they make some ridiculous offer for Steven Adams. Unlikely. Yeah. Plausible. So even guys who we feel like are 100% safe here. If Sam Presti got offered one or two first-round picks for Steven... Yeah, I think you'd be listening to that. So I'm just saying, you're, to your point, everything's in play. Everybody. Yeah. I think everyone but Shea is on this team, is is in the right situation, dealt. If yeah. enough is given up. I think Shea's the only guy that go, no, 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 no asking price. Yeah. Um, kind of like the question kind of arises about like the other guys, like Terrence Ferguson, Andre Robertson, um, even, even Dennis Schroeder, who I, I feel like sometimes fans forget is on this team. Yeah. I, I mean... I'm still shocked that he wasn't traded at some point earlier in the offseason or or something was was happened that dealt him elsewhere just because I was so resigned to the fact like when he signed last year that yeah he's going to be here for one year do like the thunder reputation rebuild thing and then go somewhere else and be a point guard cuz he's he's talented enough to be the point guard for like three or four teams in the league. Sure. Um bottom end of course, but I just don't know what they do. Like you can 
I, I don't know. Like, you can have Chris Paul and Shea on the floor starting at the same time, which is probably where they're going to go, and then Dennis come off the bench. But, like, does Dennis want to do that? And and what does that – what bring what, – what BS comes out of that? Yeah, I think it all just depends on what Dennis has decided. Okay, hold on. Wait. So is my long-term outlook of my career, I can either be a starting point guard on a horrible team or I can be the six-man spark plug on a title team. What, and I'm not saying I know which way he's going to pick. I think this year might give us some clarity after one year of doing the six-man thing of which direction he wants to go with his. Because mm-hmm. um, what is he, 26, 26? 27? Um, but yeah, so to your point, but he's another guy that he could play his entire the entire year in Oklahoma City, or there's some team that has an incredible starting lineup Looks great, like Philadelphia last year. Line, starting lineup looks great. No bench. Yeah. And so now they call Oklahoma City to try to find their sixth man. So that way they have some type of a bench. Yeah. And they make a bigger offer than we're anticipating. I, I didn't know idea. And uh, Dennis Shooter is 25 years old. Oh, wow. Never mind. Um, well, I, I would think... He turns he, 30. Actually, he does not turn, go from 25 <laughs> to 30. He turns 26 <laughs> in two months. It's a German counting system. Yeah. Um. No, I think for like Darius Baisley stands out there, and there are surprisingly a, quite a few of them. Oh man, from, summer league won people over. Yeah, um, which I don't, I don't blame. I, I really don't blame. Like he, he was surprisingly pretty. There was some potential there. At it's least it's with everything though. It's just like, hey man, I, I, we all should be excited. A little expectation. <laughs> there we go. When he but, scores six points, that should be enough for you. I will say by like December, January, if he isn't taking serious rotational minutes away from. Patrick, Patrick Patterson, Abdul Nader. Um, you might want to just pack in his rookie season and say maybe he is very far away from ever making some type of impact. But I think I think that's a realistic goal you can put on to him is he needs to at some point take minutes away from the, that type of player on this on sure. this bench. Into the bench, guys. Yeah. Um, Patrick Patterson's minutes already got taken away, though, for the record. Well, I know, but they're there. The they're... Mike Muscala mixtape. Yeah. God, I keep forgetting Muscala's on this team. See, I can't he didn't choose to. Uh, that's that's what happened. That's why you make in home. That's why you make in home visits as a GM. <laughs> well, do you think Alec Burks didn't get visited in home? Why, why do you think he's with the Warriors now? He's do like, we know oh, that? I don't know. Oh, it wouldn't shock me if someone from the coaching staff went and talked to Alec Burks, um, or Troy Weaver, or someone like that. Um, I was shocked. Whatever you know, obviously the Paul George thing happens, and then the next day or the day after we get the. The Oklahoma City Thunder front office is allowing free agents Mike Muscala and Alec Burks to reconsider their commitments to the team based off the changes, yada, yada, yada. And I thought, okay, they're both going to be gone. Because they're both fine players. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're both 8th, ninth men, 10th men on on good, on really, really good teams. Yeah, they, they would have helped. Sure. So uh, I was like, oh, Mike Muscala is going to go to the Lakers. He's going to go to the Clippers. He's going to go to Philadelphia. He's going to go, you know, somewhere where they're trying to win. And Mike's like, no, 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 dog. Okay, see. That's where I want to be. Vet minimum. And he got a player option for his second year. Did you know that? Yeah. I did not know that initially. No, I not initially. I yeah. saw it afterwards. So he basically has a no trade clause this year. He's one of those de facto no trade clauses. Yeah. Um, Mike Muscala. I think, it, I, I think it makes sense for a guy like Muscala who has, he's got a skill set. He's got some sneaky athleticism to him, a.k.a. he's a white guy. I was uh, say, just say he's <laughs> Caucasian. He's Caucasian. You, just, you can just say it. Um. 
I think this is the type of team that could best showcase what he brings. You think so? Yeah, because he's going to have every single opportunity to just do what he's good at. Now, if he's on a team where you like, think where you have expectation, where you have like, okay, we we need you to do this, and some of these things that we need you to do may not be in his personal best interest, but they're in the best interest of the team. He's got the green light to do whatever the hell he wants on this team. Because the Thunder are going to be scratching and clawing for every little win that they can get because they've got a team of veterans that don't want to lose. They don't want to be on a rebuilding team. Sam Presti was scared of the word rebuild. This the, 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 fr- yeah, the, the franchise is so afraid of being the Phoenix Suns because they have no idea how this fan base will take it, and rightfully so. This fan base has been spoiled. They like Muscala's going to have the green light to do whatever the hell he wants. Shoot threes. Uh, leave your man to go get block shots because those are sexy numbers defensively that you can put out there like when you're looking for another team, a better team for more money. Sure. Uh, Mike Muscala, 28 years old. Assume he's not a part of the long term. So you say he's going to have a whole lot. And we're in a weird, but it's end of July, so it's yep. fine. We're in a weird Mike Muscala conversation. Um, you don't think at the end of the year he gets put at the end of the bench and Deontay, Deontay Burton's just getting all the backup power forward minutes? And that's that's another reason why it's so hard to predict the season is because that could happen too. Um, I, I think that only happens if some a suitor is found for Chris Paul, a suitor is found for Danilo Gallinari, and then maybe another guy like a, a Schroeder, a Robertson, a Terrence Ferguson. Probably not Terrence Ferguson because I hadn't thought about the fact that if Gallo gets traded. I guess Mike Muscala is your starting power forward. Yeah, immediately. Um, <laughs> um, if the Thunder presented themselves like a positive situation, and by positive I mean they get more draft picks, more young players, like uh, deals that they can't say no to, and then they're kind of left with the de facto, well, we suck now, like we have, like we have no choice but to tank. Let's go ahead and put out Deontay Burton over Muscala. Let's go ahead and put out more Hamadou Diallo over starting Shea Gilgis Alexander with you know whatever else is left at the two at the two guard. So. If they if they found themselves in that situation, then sure. But I don't think that they will. I don't think they're going to get like the best case scenario where they get rid of all these guys that don't that aren't a part of the Thunder moving forward. Also, getting good assets in return, and then being forced to start Deontay Burton, Hamadou Diallo, and all those other guys, Darius Baisley, uh, Billy Donovan. Apparently, his job is at least safe for the year, allegedly. Uh, new coaching staff, five new assistants. None of them are what I would call Billy guys. Um, but Sam Presti said that he's done a great job of developing players. He named Jeremy Grant, he named Terrence Ferguson, and there's Stephen Adams uh, as examples of Billy doing a great job of developing guys over time. Suddenly, the Thunder aren't necessarily worried about X's and O's during a game. They're suddenly a lot more worried about development. And Presti had a lot of great things to say about Billy's uh, Billy's ability to do that. So Billy Donovan, long for this world, past this season, fired in January. You know, and I... I asked Sam that question about like where do you guys how do you guys view Billy as a player develop developing coach and has he exceeded expectations does he have something to prove and that was basically my way of like is he not long for this world thunderwise and Presti's answer gave me the impression that he is long for this thunder world like all he basically has to do is not be such a disaster at the head coaching spot for this season and then himself personally if he just decides I don't want to be a part of this, that's always in play, of course. But I'm just kind of with the impression that Billy kind of has like a he 
has an inherent pass this year because if they're terrible, it's like, of course they are. If they win like 35, because what you said, Vegas put them at 30 and a half. It opened at 28. Now it's at 30 and a half. They've got nothing. If they win 35, 36 games and they're in the conversation for the eight seed, you know, like maybe around all-star break. And then after that, kind of like what Sacramento was last year, where after all-star break, they just fell off a cliff. Um, if if they're there, a Marvin Bagley injury, which I yeah. still find staggering. <laughs> if they're there, then Billy's going to get a lot of credit for like, wow, he got a lot out of this team. Like, kudos sure. to him, and he's going to get like all those. Be great for Billy and great for Chris Paul. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if that's the case, then I don't see how. And really bad pers- for Russell Westbrook, I think. Mm, man, so much is going to happen this year. We're going to learn so much about Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Um, but I think in that situation, the Thunder would have at least the reasoning at hand to say, yeah, we're going to extend Billy a few more years to be a part of this ultimate rebuilding process because look what he did with this team. He's a much better coach when he's got young players that are hungry and want to prove something. Maybe that's why, maybe that's what Billy Donovan is with the Thunder for. So um, yeah, that that was just my impression. I don't know if you agreed or disagreed with that, with Presti's answer. Yeah, um, he again. It there's like three guys who I feel like the narrative, 180 degrees changed this summer based off the Paul George Russell Westbrook trade. Stephen Adams, who I thought was going to be shopped heavily this summer, um, Andre Robertson, who I thought was going to get shopped heavily this summer just because of his salary cap number, uh, and Billy Donovan, who I thought was not long for this world. And now all these stories from Brett Dawson from the Athletic and Royce Young, who are saying Russell Westbrook and Billy Donovan. Definitely weren't seeing eye to eye at the end of the year, um, and that they were having some internal issues there. That explains a lot. But he was a guy who I thought wasn't going to be here, and now all of a sudden, well, what's a hurt? You know, they're not going to. There's not a guy out there who you're like that guy is way better at developing talent than Billy Donovan. Yeah. So he might be here longer than just this season. Now is he going to be here whenever the Thunder in eight, nine, four? 17, however many years you want to say, whatever they're competing again, I don't think so. But is he going to be here through the the sludge years of whenever they're really just playing a lot of young guys and trying to figure out what they have? Yeah. That feels more likely. Yeah. Than it did, than it did you know, well, because, two like, months ago. Because like I said on the last show, because um, I don't think, did we podcast the Saturday show that you guys did? I don't think so. You had to ask Madison. Okay. I, I didn't pop up my feed, so I well. So. Um I wasn't on it, so who cares? I'm just kidding. Whoa! Uh, <laughs> um, no, like I said in the last show, if Billy is let go either this year or if he's not extended for whatever reason after the fact, the Thunder are just probably going to promote Mark Dagnall. So it, it's going to be a lot more of the same thing. So you just have to ask yourself, like, would you rather it be a rookie head coach in the NBA who would then kind of learn on the job with the players that he's drafting and coaching at the time? Or would you rather be a guy in Billy Donovan who has experience coaching in the NBA, who has experience with the organization and the franchise, how they like to do things. Um, Players kind of know going into the thunder what to expect. So that's how I kind of see it. If Billy's let go, they're just going to promote from within. They hired six coaches and all or five of them and all five of them, were basically promoted or hired from within because Brian Keefe was once with the Thunder. So yeah, and he left with Derek Fisher to New York, and then which w- worked glowing reviews. Was that one year? Was Derek Fisher on the head coach in New York for one year? A year and a half, right? Okay, I don't, no, I, I can't remember. That's why I asked. He ran the triangle. It was very, 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 very short amount of time. Yeah. Shout out Phil Jackson for that great coaching hire. Yikes. Uh, okay. 
So Billy Donovan around. Uh, Russell Westbrook unveiled a new headband. You had four against the headband. He looks like a different person with the braids and the kung fu bandana. It look. I mean, it looks cool. I think every player should wear the kung fu bandana. It's just too cool. I don't know why. You, you know, wouldn't. I really didn't even notice it until the Thunder went to Philadelphia in that game where Paul George um, beat the Sixers on the last second shot. Uh, I never really noticed NBA players wearing it this past season until Jimmy Butler did that day. D'Angelo Russell was the first one I saw. Oh yeah, where I was like, oh man, what I, is that? And it, I'll tell you who it looks the coolest on is Jared Allen. Oh, the fro. Yeah, he rocked it at summer league for the Nets. Oh my! First of all, what is Jared Allen doing in summer league behind DeAndre Jordan? Oh no! Like the Nets better not screw this up. Either trade him somewhere where he will be appreciated. Or start him. Don't don't play DeAndre Jordan over him. But they're going to have to because he's Kevin Durant's best friend. Yeah, I saw a, uh, a... I think it was Kurt Heelan. It might not have been, so I apologize if I'm wrong. But an article that was titled something along the lines of Kevin Durant's sales pitch to DeAndre Jordan. What? And I was like, wait. He had to give him a sales pitch? This is not 2014, Kevin. What sales pitch? You're going to get more money here than you'll get the rest of your career? He could have got sign here or get a vet minimum. Like, what was the sales pitch? The Knicks probably would have paid him more than ten million, right? To stay? No, he was at a power forward. (laughs) Good one. You're right. Yep. I yield. I yield to you. Yeah. Uh, I thought the uh, the the headband was pretty cool. I was on board with the headband for Russell. Yeah. Um. It's gonna be so. We're gonna learn so much this year about Russell. We're going to learn. Is he coachable? Because the for better or for worse, true or false, whatever, there's always there has always been that thought, whether it's not not just with Billy, but going back to Scott Brooks, that he's uncoachable. He does what he wants to do. He doesn't really like he'll run a few sets here and there. And um, but because he's so intense and because he feels that his job is to simply do everything, he just doesn't care who's coaching him. Mike D'Antoni is a guy that um, I have my opinions about as a head coach in the NBA over his career, but I will say that he is a coach that has a system, has an identity, and he's very good, especially with point guards, at identifying those talents and maximizing them. So we're going to find out if Russell Westbrook is kind of coachable, and then we're also going to find out how he is truly as a teammate because um, I think he said something about sacrificing in his press conference, and I saw something... He said he was going to focus on switching on defense rebounding and playing off the ball and moving. Yeah. Um, Do it, any three of those things sound like that Russell Westbrook we know? And that that's what we're going to learn because with Russell, especially the last three years, this was his team. And I saw some fans say, where was all this the last few years? It's like, well, he did sacrifice an extent. Like, did anyone remember the first part of the year where Paul George was an MVP candidate? I mean, there were games where Russell shot like 12 times. Sure. Where he just barely did anything. And a lot of that was probably him coming back from an ankle injury and then his knee surgery or whatever he had in the offseason that forced him to miss those two games at the beginning of the year. Um, but he did make sacrifices. Now, he's now going to a team where he's probably not the best player anymore, at least offensively. James Harden has proven to be... Or defensively. I want to go report <laughs> that he's not the best defensively. Well, there you go. But now he's essentially like a superstar role player where he's, set, where he's told, if you do this and this, we will win X amount of games, we'll be in the conversation for a championship. And if that means, Russ, we want you to be a dog on defense. And if he does that, then he's everything that has been talked about. He's, at least from a teammate perspective, he's a good teammate. 
He's a good team player, and he actually does care about winning. He doesn't really care about triple-doubles. He only really did all those things because that's what made him such a star. And when it's apparent that you're not going to win a title, I guess you got to go get... Sure, 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 sure. All right, uh, this very quickly, the uh, Vegas win total opened up at 28. It's now up to 30 and a half. That's how many games the Thunder will win this year. Uh, if it goes up two and a half wins over the course of four days, five days it's been out, that means a ton of money has came on the uh, Thunder over, which I assume is on the back of Chris P- Presti alluding to the fact that Chris Paul might be here the whole year, so therefore it feels like the Thunder are going to win more games. But 30 and a half, you said that you would more likely go over. Yeah, I would, um, I mean, Sacramento won, you said 35, 36? 35. 35 games. I think that's... No, actually, I think they went 41 and 41. Oh, they go 500? I think I looked that up. Yes, I think they went 500. Well, I think I think the mid-30s is a good... I think I think that that's a good prediction. And that that's assuming that Gallinari is here for the longest extent, but he still ends up being traded, so that means he's here to the trade deadline. And I think Chris Paul is probably going sorry, to be here. Sorry, 39 wins. For 39 wins. I think Chris Paul is going to be here for the entire year. And I'm sorry, unless the Thunder just decide to tank, which I don't think they will based on what Sam Presti has told us at least this year, um, they are far too talented to, to win only 30 or 31 games. They are far too talented. Now, injuries could happen. Um, Chris Paul could be traded in December, which could accelerate the re- rebuilding process. Um, if, you know, that changes everything, of course, but um, they're far too talented to only win 31 games. Sure. I don't think they're making the playoffs by any means, but they're they're right in that sweet spot where they're, Maybe in the lottery, but not in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with you that I, if I was made to pick, I would probably pick the over, but I actually gamble on NBA futures every year. <laughs> this is not one I'll touch because you just have no idea. You just have no clue what's going to happen. Because like I said, Chris Paul could get portrayed in December. And what happens if December 20th rolls around and some teams out there are like, let's go get Gallo right this second. Let's offer way too much, but let's, let's not have to worry about getting him in February. Let's get our chemistry figured out right now kind of similar to what the Jimmy Butler situation was in Minnesota where Philadelphia just came in way before the deadline offered some assets to try to get him. Maybe some team does something like that. You don't know when these guys are going to get traded, so I wouldn't touch that. But Yeah, because then the other factor, kind of like the nightmare scenario for Thunder fans, what if Chris Paul and Gallinari get hurt? And not even like around. not even season-ending injury, but what if they get like just nagging month-long injuries and their, their trade value just tanks? Yeah. Which I don't even know. Like Gallinari had to get hurt for the entire year for his trade value to obviously be tanked because he's he's an expiring deal, so he still has some value. And if you can get him for like maybe the postseason, then he has value, of course. But like, yeah, like so much can happen, and so much bad can happen. <laughs> right, right. All right, that's gonna do it for us here on the OKCA Two Podcast. Madison and Brady will be back on Wednesday. The Thunder Insider Show will be posted here on Saturday. So make sure you stay tuned for that. We will be continuing to our best to get out quality content between now and the start of the year. Yeah, we're going to talk about history next week. Jim. Yeah, we're going to dot, we did Roman Empire next time. We will do the uh, the French Empire with Napoleon. Uh, there we go. Until next time, this is the OKCA2 podcast. See you later, guys. Bye bye.